Hi everybody, welcome to the Authentic Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, CCO Johnny Bekor. Learn more about how I can help you with your leadership and wellness strategy by visiting www.themainprotagonist.com. Today I'd like us to reflect on the word trust in relation to your team at work. What's the culture in your team like? Is there trust or not? Is there a flow generally, or does it feel like hard work most of the time? There's a stark difference in performance between a team where there's trust and one where there isn't. And you'd be surprised how willing direct reports are to go the extra mile if they work in an environment of trust. Just think about your own experience in the teams you've been a part of. It's difficult to focus on your performance when you're too busy worrying about all the surrounding shenanigans going on in the team, if you're too busy just trying to survive in the environment, or if you're too busy watching your back. If you're a leader in an organization and you would like a high-performing team, which all leaders do, of course, one of the first things you'll need to do is create an environment of trust. So let me ask you this. Think of someone you trust. Anyone. Why do you trust them? When I ask this question, either in one-on-one coaching or in group trainings, it doesn't matter the industry, the gender of the participants, their country of origin, the answers tend to be the same. We trust the people we trust because of particular behaviors they exhibit. For example, they follow through. So if they say they'll do X by Wednesday, X is done by Wednesday. They keep their word. They share their own experiences honestly, including challenges, especially if you share yours with them. They're attentive, you feel like they're really listening, they treat you with respect, they seem to treat themselves with respect, and they're an expert in the field they're in quite often. They do in fact know their stuff. They're consistent, so for example they don't say one thing on Monday and say something completely different on Tuesday. They don't have a front, so They don't pretend to be perfect, they don't pretend to be bulletproof. In other words, they are authentic. They don't have erratic mood swings, so their personalities are fairly steady. The list goes on and on. So let me ask you this. Do you exhibit these behaviors with your team? That person who you say you trust, are you that kind of person for others? You as the team leader have a lot of influence On how the team culture unfolds, it really does start with you. This is why self-awareness as a leader is so key. Who are you being? How are you behaving with your team? Are you aware of how you come across to others? Are you consistent, steady? Do you in fact know your stuff? Or are you the leader who panics too quickly, gets angry too quickly? Leadership is a privilege, but it's also a burden. You've got to do the work, and by work, I mean both the inner work and the outer work. Some of the ways leaders erode trust, for example, is little things like letting a difficult team member get away with their quote-unquote crimes. Other team members see this, and this demotivates them. Kissing up and kicking down, that is, being nice to your own boss but being unfair to your direct reports, that causes problems. I hear a lot of frustration when leaders say yes, yes, yes to demands on their team, knowing full well the team is already overwhelmed. Leaders also erode trust when we don't keep our word. This list goes on and on as well. 
The main thing is, are you self-aware? Getting a coach is a great way to start learning how to become more self-aware. How else can we build trust in the teams we lead? Here are just a few tips. Do you really care about your team? I mean, really? Now, let's be clear. You're not their dad or their mom, but you are the captain of the ship. I found that genuinely caring about my team members brought about their loyalty. Not many people will go over and above for you if they can tell that you don't really care about them. At the end of the day, you are leading people, human beings, with a lot going on for them, personally and professionally. Remember that when you engage. Also, you can't treat all your direct reports exactly the same. And by that I mean, each of them has different needs, wants, abilities, so I encourage leaders to treat them as such. For example, one person in your team may need more oversight than another. Don't treat those two people the same. Be intentional with each and every person you are engaging with in the moment. What is called for with that person and in the moment? I also encourage the leaders I work with to be loyal to their team. Don't throw people under the bus thinking that that will let you off the hook. You are the captain of the ship. If people sense that they are just expendable to you, they will not perform. It's also important not to pass on the stress, angst, fear, and anxiety from above onto your direct reports. Strong leaders become like a cushion. Again, leadership is a privilege, but it's also a burden. Here's another tip. Give your direct reports the chance to create, learn, and grow. Give them a chance to develop their own careers by learning from you and with you. That also means not getting angry every time your people make mistakes. Guys, without mistakes, there is no learning. Without learning, there's no growth. People, if they're too afraid of making mistakes, will not be creative. And you want that team that is creative about how they solve problems. One of the most empowering things an old boss of mine told me over 10 years ago was this. Cece, there's no mistake I can't fix. She was a confident, smart woman. I remember her to this day. That sentence gave me the courage to stretch myself and try. And I took that philosophy with me when it was my turn to manage others. Regular and insightful communication with your team also helps. As long as it's appropriate to do so, share the big picture with your direct reports. Help them to see how their role and their work fits into what the organization is aiming to achieve overall. Show them how what they're doing, even the mundane tasks, is significantly helping your customers and clients. No one wants to feel that they're just a cog in a large, ever-spinning wheel. Share and celebrate successes often with your team. Don't save feedback for only difficult feedback. Give your team positive feedback and give it to them regularly. Encouraging courageous communication can also add to building trust in our teams. You want to hear as many diverse ideas and points of view on how to solve a particular problem. That's why DEI matters. 
diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's not just filling seats with people from different cultural backgrounds, genders, and ages for the sake of it. It's about the richness in perspective that you get when there are different kinds of people in the room. Now, you may not be able to accommodate every single suggestion you hear in the overall strategy or day-to-day tactics, but at least your people are being asked for their views, and those views are being genuinely taken into consideration. This applies especially if you have really smart people working for you. Smart people do not want to do rote work day in, day out. They want to share their well-thought-out ideas. They want to contribute in a real way. Now, courageous conversations require courage on your part as the leader, and humility as well. Are you the leader that must look like you know everything, or are you willing to be authentic? Can people contribute to you or not? Again, one-on-one coaching can help you with this. Another tip. Do you know your stuff? Really? Are you regularly learning, growing, challenging yourself? Or have you gotten so comfortable that you're feeling threatened by everybody from the other senior managers to your direct reports? You're in a symbiotic relationship with the people you work with. Remember that. Sabotaging your team is sabotaging yourself. Another interesting point to reflect on is how senior leaders are with one another. Is there flow or does it feel like hard work? I like to remind teams that I work with of the dangers of unhealthy internal competition. Again, you're in a symbiotic relationship with everybody else who is in this ship with you. When you sabotage others, you're sabotaging yourself. Another important point worth reflecting on is this. What are your well-being levels like? Come Monday morning, are you well-rested, clear-minded? Did you have a bit of fun during the weekend? Or are you tired, irritable, stressed by your own personal issues and dumping that energy onto your direct reports? I tell you, The difference between a boss who is happy with his or her life and one who isn't is something to spend a good amount of time reflecting on. When I first started coaching leaders, I focused only on career, but very quickly I realized there is a lot going on for people outside of work and it's influencing who they're being in the workplace. So get a coach, someone to help you figure out not just your work challenges, but your challenges outside of work as well. You need to be well in order to lead well. I could go on and on about how to develop a trusting environment within your team. This is just a start. No one is perfect. Leadership is a journey. It sounds like a cliche, but it is the truth. You two are an ever-evolving human being, and we all make mistakes. The point is to remain humble, to be intentional about learning and developing in your various abilities your EQ, your IQ, and your AQ, your adversity quotient, that is, your ability to deal with adversity in a healthy, effective way. So, give yourself permission to get a guide like a coach on your leadership journey. That's it from me today. I hope you have a pleasant and productive week. And for more tips on well-being and leadership, click on other episodes in the podcast and enjoy.